This is DJ Rel and Catch Wreck. And we are Bang Radio. Bang, 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 bang. We bring you Boston-based music, arts, events, and lifestyle. Friday mornings, tune in at 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. because we're on 94.9 FM Zoomix Radio. Also, we're cool. Yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, what up, what up? This is Bang Radio. We have a special guest calling in. His name is Victor de Jesus, a.k.a. Thurston Howland III. Polo Rican. For sure. Well known as the founder of Low Life, the foundation. He's also from Brooklyn, Brownsville. We got to represent. You got to represent. So, bang, he's a rapper. Bang, he has over 10 plus albums. Bang, he's a founding Low Life member. He's one of our favorites. So, like, we got a lot of respect for him, man. No doubt. Yeah, so um, so you should, you should stay tuned because we're going to call him. And he's going to call in. Yeah, and he's going to talk on our show. And we got questions to ask. We got lots of questions to ask. So you got to tune in because yeah. we're going to be live. Live in full effect. This is Bang Radio. <laughs> and let's go to the music, guys. It don't, it don't, it don't, it don't, it don't get more ghetto than this. It don't, it don't, it don't, it don't, it don't get more ghetto than this. I'm a Huskin world leader like Bobaton, but Huskin old style Gucci for the sport of golf. The iron I carry let off more than steam. Already had a baby mama when I turned 14. I went to school sometimes, took the A train to Euclid. A lot of curses in my music. I wrote graffiti on my own. They opened the apartment door. They say they bitch don't enter. You not dropping drawers. Mom found out I still said do that shit. Sent me on my packages through my bids. Stink dick in the state, blunted drink a pint. Oh, these sneaker razor blade in a fight. Old English drinkers, last generation. Oh, you so raw administration. Any color, she swallowing first. Stretch marks around her mouth by Thurston Howell III. What up, what up, yo? This is Bang Radio. We have a special guest on the line, Thurston Howell III. Welcome. What's up, what's up? What up, what up, what up? I got to ask you a question, yo. As a founder of Low Life, right? What is Low Life for the people who don't know? Oh, wow. Um... You know, low life currently is culture, culture of polo fashion, and you know, hip hop fashion. You know, along with everything else that goes with hip hop culture. So, it was more based around you know the polo and the style of it. You know, fashion is considered the fifth culture of hip hop, walked mm. hand in hand with hip hop from the beginning. So, you know, low life for somebody who's been around from the beginning of all of this, and you know. We brought our own twist into hip-hop fashion and culture and all that. So Low Life is an organization based on hip-hop. 
would you say that it since it's not an element of hip hop per se, would you say that you guys low life brought it to be on a mainstream level popular to wear low life as a fashion product? Well, of course we brought it uh, to mainstream, but uh, you know the fifth element, like I said, has been walking hand in hand with hip hop from the beginning. It just wasn't mentioned as much, but it was always mm -hmm. there. You know. Gotcha. 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 Shirley B, you got a question to ask? Yeah, I do. So so why polo? Oh, uh, well, it was just a part of evolution. Like, we touched all the brands even before we got to the polo. So, you know, we were mm. doing all the Adidas suits, the Puma suit stuff, the P-Line, right. you know, Jazz and everything. And everything evolved into polo. Polo became that brand. Because polo was the first brand that I ever seen that was seasonal. Every season, they came out with new variety of styles and logos and, you know, things like that. So that and Polo just stuck out from everyone else. And, you know, they, they were so consistent with their designs and all that, so they kind of blew everybody else out the frame, especially in catching our interest. Mm. Okay, okay. So can you tell us, like, a little bit about your connection to Polo now? Well, I recently modeled for Polo now. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, there's been a bunch of things going on happening with the brand and Ralph Lauren and things like that. There's, there's a lot of things I can't say that you'll be seeing in the near future. Okay. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm excited. To to put in context, we watched a documentary last night about you that you made for the Low Life on YouTube. Yeah. And Complex. We were, Complex. Well, that one, and there was another one that yeah. he did, but um, that he direct that he directed, but um. We just—it's a fun question to ask. Um, there was a king shirt in the video in the in the video that you said. Do you still have that king shirt? It was silk. King. It's still in existence. No doubt. Yeah, I'll bow down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as you know, there I don't have—I have the three kings now. There's no longer just the king shirt. Okay. You know, there are several different uh, silks that are considered king shirts now. Okay. But you made it fashionable to wear. You guys did. Yeah. I mean, they're custom pieces. They were made. You know, they Ralph Lauren didn't make these as a shirt. He probably he made them as silk scarves, and we took them and transformed mm. them into shirts and attire. That's, that's ill. Let it be known. Okay. That's, that's ill. Cause that that reminds me so much of, of two things actually. One was like, uh, you know, when I was a teenager and I was getting into like Skillionaire and all that, I was also listening to a lot of Dead Prez and like the RBG family, and it was all about like having people involved in the movement who did different things and brought different skill sets to the table. So people who would modify clothing or bandanas, and you know, people who knew how to uh, sew and embroider, and and the fact that. Not only were you able to like bring a brand like Polo and like make it fly for like generations to come in the hip hop community, but also like develop your own brand as well. So can you speak some more to that? Yeah, you know I've been approached by several designers and things like that to always do clothes. So um, you know I collaborated with Willie Esco and we developed the Low Life brand. You know, inspired by Ralph Lauren styles and things like that. So, you know, that's something we started in 2015, you know, continuing on today. 
But, you know, our, our low lifestyle of fashion and all that influenced many designers, even, you know, ones that are not associated or affiliated with us. Because everybody, when they start becoming designers, they always want to emulate Ralph Lauren for some reason. But then, you know, these designers will emulate Ralph Lauren, but they'll base their designs on the way low life dress, you know, from with the head to toe model and things like that. So... You know, we help spawn the designers just as much as the culture, you know, the designers, the brands. We had influence on everyone. Hmm. Okay. Talking about having the influence, um, talk about um, when Polo started at the beginning. It used to be all about boosting and trading, and then eventually it became into loyalty and love. And then what do you, um, I guess, predict for the future to, for Polo to be? more for the community to be together? Uh, you know, every time I try to make an assumption on how things would change, I'm always totally wrong. Okay. <laughs> okay. It always changes into something I, that I didn't even imagine. Mm. You know, I, uh, people always ask me, oh, where do you think hip-hop is going? And, you know, I've always made my predictions in the past, and I was wrong every time. It, it's going to evolve into something that I haven't even thought about yet. You know? So... But it's gonna as long still as it's here. still around, that's all that matters. As long as our influence is felt. But as far as the way it's going to evolve, I mean, who knows? Time will tell. Mm. You know, there are a lot of new generations of lowlifes, children and all that, that are brought up in this culture. So yeah. it's going to manifest itself in its own way that we have no clue about. Mm. Okay. Look, what, look what happened to hip-hop. Who would have thought yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> when you say "look what happened to hip hop," it, it, what do you mean? Look, look how how much it evolved and yeah, down like it went so many different ways, and um, you know, even to the point where I don't think you can even classify a lot of this stuff as hip hop no more. They have to put it in a different category because it's so watered down, it's so tainted. It's no longer hip hop. You know, they, they the drug dealers said it the best. You know, it's just like when they're selling drugs and stuff, they cut it up so much until it's no longer pure. You know, they take the rawness away, and that's what has happened to hip-hop. You know, they took a lot of that rawness away and just added so many other elements that, you know, I'm not mad at nobody on making music. You know, they make good music and stuff, but you can't categorize some of the stuff as hip-hop. totally goes against what we always stood for. I think I think a lot of that though is also like the journalists and people who cover you know what the hip hop artists are doing. Because hip hop either that's the problem. Yeah. You know? yeah. So you're covering a, a a culture you have no idea. That's like a a, a a Chinese man from Japan covering a Jewish culture. He has no clue of what it's about and the traditions and you know the rules and regulations. So. They're just going to write what's appealing and what sounds exciting to them because it's brand new to them as well. Yeah, that's an interesting... Well, I, I think I think also, though, it's like Chuck D says, you know, raps to CNN and hip-hop. And, and so I think hip-hop artists are also journalists. So it's it's kind of this weird, like, mirror. You know, we're like... Uh, you know, oftentimes we're, we're at odds, you know, and then, you know, we're trying to take it on from from two different angles like somebody like myself who's like i'm gonna do hip-hop but also 
you know, do radio and try to cover it and, and, you know, bring attention to what I think needs attention. But it creates you know? tension. <laughs> I mean, everything creates tension, man. Everybody's opinionated these days, you know? Everybody has an opinion and they, everybody feels their opinion has value. That's why I don't even share my opinion anymore. Let people just think what they want to think, you know? You enlighten your family and the people you care about. Those are the ones that matter and who are going to, you know, take whatever you have to say literally and manifest it. Everybody else is just caught up in the hype of what's going on with the trends and things like that, you know? And it's, there's so many things that tr that's so trendy. Right now, racism is trendy once again. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the hot topic. It's the in thing. And, you know, people are lost, man. This generation is pretty lost. It's not much they're grounded with. There's so much information out there that uh, half of it uh, isn't informative. It's just it's just destroying people and misguiding them. So, do you think like hip hop is a form of guidance for like? Oh, very much. I mean, you know, hip hop hip hop is very intriguing. It capture your imagination. It give you time to think. So. You know, so, some of the good artists, even the bad artists, you know, they teach us what not to do. Mm. So you're going to learn either way. But mm. hip-hop is definitely a vehicle, you know, for education. I mean, you know, me growing up as a as a teenager and things like that, I learned a lot of things from hip-hop. I learned different vocabulary. I learned history lessons just through the music. Things that I wasn't aware of or things that I wasn't even interested in seeking out for myself hip-hop exposed them to me and put them right in my face and you know enlightened me on, on on whatever information was there or knowledge that was to be passed so i give credit to hip-hop for so many different things like many artists say hip-hop saved my life and that's mm -hmm. the god's the honest truth hip-hop showed me another way it kept me entertained and it kept, it, it actually took me off the streets because when I was just on the streets, my mind was focusing on the streets. Mm. And when I became an artist and an entertainer, you know, I was forced to stay home and learn how to use this equipment and practice and study. And, and by doing that alone, that helped me open my mind to the world entirely. You know, I broadened my horizons on my thinking. It just opened my mind and expanded it to the world, not just hip-hop. That's deep. And I, I I think also it's it's one of those things where like people look at it differently, you know what I mean? Like I I think on the one hand what is marketed and is popular is on the very like I'll just say capitalist side or it's you know, it's definitely like it, it it's designed to make money, yeah. the popular stuff. Definitely becoming but the, the hip hop that's a guiding force it, I don't think it's gone anywhere. I, I just don't think it gets highlighted enough. And I think that it's important, like I said, to, to bring awareness and attention to this. You know, like, you look at, like, the Insane Clown Posse, and their fans are labeled as a gang, right? Like, the FBI has the Juggalos as, like, a gang. But I think gang culture is, is very similar to hip-hop in that it it is a positive guiding force for people and that, you know, other things kind of get in the mix and, and start to get like a bad reputation. But 
a lot of that stuff is actually positively influencing young minds and i think that's that's an important thing to I mean, I mean, the police force and the fire department started the same way, so they can't really yeah. criticize the gangs or, you know, the communities that develop in these less fortunate places, you know? So they want to always categorize any organization that's not part of their system mm-hmm. as something that's wrong or against them, which is not always the case, you know? Sometimes you're forced to fend for yourself in, in situations and places where... Average people don't go, so they're just basically judging people from everywhere. You don't live there. You're not walking in those people's shoes to know what they're going through to have to develop this form of community. You know, but when you look at the history of America, it has happened over and over and over again. All these establishments, all these organizations and big things that were built, they all came from somewhere. And if you look deep enough, you'll see where they came from. Half of these organizations and companies were built by slavery. Nobody's condemning them right now, are they? But this is all truth and fact, you know? They don't want nobody to repeat the things they got away with. Mm. Hmm. Taking it back for a second to boosting, in the complex documentary, someone from Polo is talking about how Polo would look at the reports and determine what the products were good that were stolen. Would you say that... um? that your contribution to Polo is uh, is influenced the market? Massively. Not just to, to their reports from before. If you notice right now, Polo Ralph Lauren is, vet, is retroing many things that we made popular. Like mm-hmm. they, they have never done retro in, ever in, in their entire career or existence. But, uh, you know, in, in the low-life culture world, we built a market for the vintage clothing, making some of these shirts worth four or five thousand dollars. You know, Ralph Lauren and his company, they seen that. Everything they retroing now, it all the all the specific items we made super expensive. So, you know, they're watching. They're watching everything we're doing. They're following everything we're doing and they're capitalizing off of it. I was gonna say, yeah. Big time. And that's through your contribution. Mike, you know, I've been a walking billboard for 30 years, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, let's let's switch gears a little bit here. And can we talk about, let's talk about well, your music. Oh, yeah, we were going to yeah, take about, take a quick break real quick because I need to get some more water. Oh, yeah, and we, we're going to play some of your songs, too. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think we got... Um, we got clean edits of my songs. We cleaned we these records. Last night. <laughs> made them? Yeah. Yeah, we cleaned them last night. Oh, we yeah, because I'm, I'm even against making edit versions, because I'm like, the radio don't play me. Why am I going to cater to them? Mm. I tell that to all artists out there. Like, I see so many artists trying to come up, and all they're doing is catering to radio to get them. You don't, if you don't get radio spins, why do you focus on making music for the radio? You know, well, great. I stick to the griminess, man, because that's what helps me out here. That's what keeps me afloat. Yeah. You know, the, the hard body hip hop, hard body music. Word know. of mouth, street team. Okay. Yeah, and, and social media. Social, social media, media is the platform now. All right. So, with that being said, with that being playing. said, live with my moms. Yo, I don't come from the suburbs in the big house. 
with a backyard and a front lawn and all that. I never lived in a condo. Yo, I, I ain't even out on my own yet. I'ma keep it real on the strip. I still live with my moms. Living with my moms. This is for the heads that live with their moms. I live with my moms. Live with my moms. I can't even front. I still live with my moms. Still I still live with, with my moms. moms. Living with my moms. A lot of Brooklyn heads still live with their moms. Live with my moms. Living with my moms. A grown ass man and still live with my moms. Yo, 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 yo. Fuck that. Yo, far so straight up and down. Yo, mama do the laundry. Mama pay the bill. Mama cook the food. Yo, straight. I ain't going nowhere. Free rent, light, gas, and phone A mama's boy even though my ass is grown Got the same bedroom since third grade Still be living here when I made 188 The only woman a man can't trust Even my uncle still lives with my grandma My baby mother knows that I know if I move in with her You'll be calling Tyrone? I'm never moving out of my mother's house Not even for these candy panties that dissolve in your mouth? Not even if you goggled by the ounce and couldn't make bottles disappear to entertain crowds. Yo, what's all that for? You disrespecting me? You lucky yo ass ain't moving with me. I'd have ripped up all your ish. Stupid. Tell me something I didn't know. That's why I still live with my moms. You live with your mom. I can't even front. I still live with my moms. I live with my moms. You living with your mom. Another Brooklyn head who lives with his moms. I live with my moms. Living with your mom. Sorry, hey. Still, still living, living with, with my moms. moms. I live with my moms. Living with his moms. A grown man is still living with his moms. I ain't ashamed. I ain't ashamed. Shout out. To my niggas in Compton who still live with their moms and fight their brothers for the top bunk. I always say I'm moving out this year, but it'll be sooner if welfare finds out I live here. Yo, it's cheap by my place. I ain't scared to open bills cause none of them in my name. Got kicked out, but mom said I can move back if I prove that I didn't steal my sister's food stamps. Every parent's panic is to have their little boy with a prison mailing address. She said my rep is not in question as long as she was the one that gave me the box. Lesson. So I throw out the garbage and wash the dishes And I can't go outside without my mom's permission Even though my flow is uncomparable I'm an unsigned hype with nowhere else to go Yo, yo, hold on, hold on what, Why you tell them all your business for, I man? I mean, if your mom really kicked you out, man? Then what yo, you gonna do? I go move in with my pops And we're back, this is Bang Radio Yes, yes Yes, And we yes. have a special guest on the line Oh, man Yeah <laughs> yeah, he's here. So, can, can you can you do us I'm a favor? I, I see everybody's playing uh, songs from thirty CDs ago. Yes, yes. You know my catalog is massive extension. Yes. So, you know you got to be playing that new stuff. I drop I, an album every year. I, are you going to be doing some new joints tonight? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do a couple. All right, all right. Okay, okay. So, can looking you, forward to that. Tell 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 the people where where you're gonna be at tonight. Well, we're gonna be at the Middle East tonight in Cambridge, Mass. Oh snap! How'd you guys uh, get that spot? Well, you know, we made it happen. <laughs> they gave me a holla. I'm rocking out with uh, Mateo Getz and All right. a lot of low lights from Massachusetts. Got Ali Pone performing, Sandro Castro, hey. uh, Jackson, Ajax Low, Kamal Raw, Wali, uh, Dope Product. You know, a, a nice line of rack lows coming through the rock. All right. So, how you know, DJ Three Ways, things like that. All right, word. Okay. Since okay. rack low is coming to the show, are we going to hear the Million Man March? 
Millionaire March? I don't know. I don't know about Millionaire March. Rush. Oh, Millionaire Rush. Uh, yeah, Millionaire <laughs> Rush. Might, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Yo, I have, a, I have another question. So, like, where does your sense of humor come from in your music? Um, You ever seen me in person? No. I, <laughs> I don't know, because it's funny. Everybody who hears my music and then they see me in person, they be like... You know, you don't look funny, man. You know, I'm a serious dude, but, you know, my whole life growing up, I'm a, I'm a ranker. I'm one of them dudes you crack jokes against. So, you know, I'm Puerto Rican. You know, I grew up in the all-black project, so I was attacked with the jokes so much. So, you know, to defend myself, my jokes had to be the ultimate. Mm-hmm. So I always, you know, I'm joke battling 20 people at a time attacking me, you know. But, so that's, I believe that's where my, my you know, punchlines and all that developed just from being a jokester, surrounded by so many clowns that, you know, just joked all day and things like that. So that, that's okay. how I actually grew up. It's a problem, you know. You can't speak to me without me throwing your words back at you sarcastically. Anything you say, I'm going to flip it. And, you know, I got to know when to not use it on people because they get offended and things like that. But it it has just become a natural ability. But, you know, even in in most of the films and everything I do, I focus on humor a lot because everybody can laugh. No matter where you're from, no matter what you're into, everybody can laugh you know that's something that everybody can relate to is laughter and humor yeah oh, I, I definitely agree so um could you also tell us about like why you chose skill like like the word skill for your puns a lot because <laughs> we noticed that there's a, a trend there where you like you say skill well you know in, in within hip-hop and everything i did in my life skills was always first you know, I'm I'm a hip hop fan and fiend first before I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. So I always rated the artists according to their skills. Your skills set you apart from the others. That's what you know. Separated artists whose skills level was you know up there, whose wasn't, and things like that. So, and you know, I develop a lot of my writing while while you know, being away, locked up, and things like that. I wrote a lot of letters, you know. I had a lot of women writing and things like that. So I would always write letters, and, you know, the other dudes in the spot would call me the skilled man because I'll write your letters for you. If you're not getting a response <laughs> and you need your girl to write back, come see me, and I may I can guarantee you get a response after I write the letter. Okay. So, you know, everything always came from skills with that. So the name... You know, that whole concept stuck with me. I wasn't even an artist at that time either. So when I started making albums, you know, I became Thurston Howell third, And uh, my, my my brother Lowe, be born from the IBM dances, he told me that I should be the skillionaire because, you know, Thurston Howell was a millionaire. He was a so golfer, he, right? He, who, Thurston Howell? Yeah. Where you from, man? You said he was a golfer? The Thurston Howell? The character is, is a millionaire. He's a millionaire stranded on an island with a lot of money. He don't know what to do with. Hmm, so that's, oh, where, Skinner that's where that comes from. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, so hold on. How, how old are you guys? Because if you don't know who Thurston Howell is, you, you got to be in your early 30s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. 
Yeah. We're yeah, we spend ten years over here. Yeah. I'm tw- I just turned twenty. You what? I just turned twenty. He's twenty five and catch. Yeah, I'm shy of thirty. Oh y'all all together the same ages as my children. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> salute to that. Word, salute to that. Scott children like all over. Being that hey. you being that you're um performing tonight at the Middle East upstairs, you have worked with a lot of local artists. What's your connection to the area of Massachusetts? Uh well, um some years ago my sisters had moved out here. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I found myself visiting a lot and every time I would visit I would always meet artists and you know, people who were willing to work and wanted to work. I worked a lot out here with uh Steve Boston, Smitty. Hey. Uh, you know, Smitty from Boston, you know, he's a hip hop pioneer out here. Worked a lot with the Gangstar Foundation production and all that. He was one of my first producers. I actually became Thurston Howell the third in Massachusetts. I came here for one summer to develop my writing for hip hop and when I left I was Thurston Howell. So and that was a lot working with Steve, Steve Boston. And then, you know, I work with the whole Get a Life and Havoc House out here in Framingham. I've been working with them for over 20 years, you know, real consistent guys dedicated to the culture and their music. So, you know, I, I, I work with everybody, man. Everywhere I go, I just, I'm, I'm a workaholic, too. I always want to work. I, I feel that. Just being bored. And, you know, because I, I, it varies from what I do, you know, from music to film. So I always got to be productive. Yeah, it's all about that work. Listening to Bang Radio right now, Thurston Howard III, live, you know, early early morning, early afternoon, getting it popping, Bang Radio. Holla. Right, thank you. That's what's up. All right, so um, we're going to cut to some music. Thank you so much for um, your time. We really appreciate you calling in today. Um, so done. Yeah. I can't tell the people about my pop-up tomorrow at Fine Malt Vintage. Please do. I'll be over there hanging out in Rhode Island. Okay. Tonight in the Middle East. You know, check it out. My second edition of my book, Bury Me with the Low On, dropped this week. So, you know, if you're interested in some books or something, come see me. All right. There'll be a lot of merch and stuff on deck. So, you know, we definitely putting in that work over here. Okay, well, Yes, indeed. Thank you. Thank you. We will be there. I'm, thank you so I'm much. I'm about to go get some clam chowder. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. All right. Hi. Easy. Thanks. All right. LP East Boston. You are listening to 94.9 Zoomix Radio, powered by youth broadcasting live from East Boston and streaming on the web at zoomix.org. Bang Radio. Bang, bang. 